This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 67. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Breaking the Barrier is also sponsored by Audible, the internet's largest resource for ebooks, with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your Kindle, iPhone, smartphone, or MP3 player. Audible is offering the listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast a free trial and a free ebook. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier to claim your free trial and ebook. That's audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. Welcome to Breaking the Barrier. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And this is episode 66. 67. You literally just said it was episode 66. No, I was talking about the Lucy... I asked you which episode this was, and you said episode 66. Wow, you look really mad. Well, because I just sound like an idiot on the podcast. Well, now, I mean, I we were talking about something different. I said, we it's episode 67. Welcome to episode 67 of Breaking the Barrier Podcast. Good start. One better than 66. Indeed. Not that Isabel Ross's episode was bad. It was Lucy Clark was was 66. Right. <laughs> Isabel Ross's episode was also very good. <laughs> Do you know why? It's because I've been thinking about what you've been doing this weekend. Ah. What we're going to talk about is okay. what you've been doing over this long weekend. And you've been... Well, we won't get to that. Yet. We will get we to will that get to episode, that. Just not but yet. we won't get to it just now. I like the way that you did that. That was yeah, nice. That was, exactly. You can't, you can't teach that. We can edit out the last two minutes, right? Oh, we're definitely not going <laughs> to. That was fun. So, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Breaking the Barrier podcast. So, we do have a good episode in store for you guys. We're going to talk, yes, a little bit about our long weekend, what we've been up to, some of our race preps, some of our races, some of what's going on in the world. Yep. Uh, but before we do that, we want to give a couple of shout outs to some of the Breaking the Barrier members who, of course, are going above and beyond. So, the first person we want to shout out is Annabelle, who had this to write on the Facebook page. Good Andrew. I assume that's going to say, good day, Andrew, and also possibly... Yeah, I think I was asking a question. Hi to Zach as well. Oh, you were asking a question. Maybe. How are you, Annabelle? Good, Andrew. <laughs> Been taking it easy, but starting to feel better running. Need to build up to some longer runs and work on speed for shorter runs. I need to sign up for a race so I've got something to work towards. Mm. I know that feeling. If yeah. I don't have a race sitting out there three, four months in the future, it's really hard to find that motivation to do some of that discipline like speed work. So so well done, Annabelle. I think anything you can do to find that motivation is great and races are the way to do it. Absolutely. And it goes back to a little bit about what we've been speaking about, just those constant goals. So yeah. way to go, Annabelle, getting back into it. Rock on. This next shout out goes to Marty. Marty had this to say in the Facebook community group, starting a new training cycle for the Big Sur Marathon. I have a trail half marathon this weekend, and depending on how it goes, I'm seriously considering my first 50K for March 14th. 
I think that's what I think that's what the three slash fourteen. Yeah, is. that's how they write it in America. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no fourteenth month. There isn't a, not that we've checked. Third of the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a leap year in the Mayan calendar. Is there a fourteenth month in a leap year? I don't know. Okay. So what do you have to say about that? Because you've run fifty k's. I've run fifty k's. It's not easy. <laughs> um, I think if you're thinking about signing up for it, Marty, do it absolutely. Uh, you've you know, obviously done the training for the marathon. My one tip to you would be the 50Ks is longer than a marathon, spoiler, uh, and you really will need to just extend those long runs in training a little bit more to make sure you've got the legs under you. Uh, you don't have to go crazy. You possibly don't even need to go that fast, but some extra time on legs in the lead-up would be fantastic. So I can't wait to see on the 15th of March once you've been successful with that. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Good luck, man. Rock on. Uh, the next shout-out goes to Kathleen, who said... Got in a whole mile run today. It was supposed to do five miles of hills, but decided to get sleep instead. I think that's pretty smart. Mm. I did go to the gym and did some upper and lower weights after work. I also signed up for a marathon this weekend on a whim. I don't know what to say to that. I don't think whim's the word I'd use to sign up for a marathon. I'd say I'd say not. You have been listening to us for too long, Kathleen. We're yeah. obviously having a bad influence on you, but I can't wait to hear about which one it's going to be yeah. and hear about your progression and everything. And yeah, you got that gym work going. You got the strength training. Just start to build. Get strong. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm reading this as I signed up for a marathon this weekend. So I'm, I'm assuming you don't mean that the marathon is this weekend. I'm assuming you meant you this past weekend. She signed, signed up, up for, for a future marathon. Yeah, I yeah. hope. Because that'd be crazy. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Congratulations on signing up for the marathon, and I can't wait to see, we can't wait to see how you go. Gail had this to say, I just bought a kicker and have set it up and rode 20 kilometers on it today. Much harder than riding on the road, I must say. I think a kicker is one of those spinny things that you put your actual road bike on, and then it just rolls in like a, like a free train. Oh, okay, so it like kind that. of turns your bike into a stationary bike. Yeah, like it's a stationary bike, but you still have to balance, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, and lots of people combine it with, there's a new app you can get where you jump on and you can ride in like pelotons and ride different places all over yeah. uh, the world and tours like that. So uh, that's cool. I think I've seen Mark do that with the elliptical. Mark does it with an elliptical and Peter, uh, who uh, guides Casey, she does it as well. Zwift is the name. Oh, the yeah, right. Yeah, of Zwift course. is an app you can use with it. So, yeah. Gail, fantastic. First of all, new toy. Excellent. Love that. Totally. Secondly, cross-training. Fantastic. That's really going to help your running uh, if you can get that cross-training in on the bike. So, fantastic. Can't wait to hear how it goes. I'm sure... If it's harder than riding on the road, it's going to make you a better rider when you do get on the road. Yeah, so, well absolutely. done. Amy had this to say. I've had two massive days at work and missed the gym because I had to get home to see the kidlets. Have smashed my workout at 7.45 each night. Been incredibly consistent since Christmas with moving more. Now to get more runs in. Fantastic. The thing I like about that... Been incredibly consistent since Christmas. And with that schedule, it sounds like it's yeah. hectic. She didn't wait for New Year to come around. Mm. She got through Christmas and went, I can start this when I need to. Yep. And, you know, even if you can't, even if you don't set a goal, just staying moving and staying active will build its own routine. So that's it. Excellent, Amy. That's, that's fantastic it. to hear. Sometimes you don't, sometimes it just, it will count if you just show up, mm. you know, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes, you just show up. Get it done, and yeah. it'll make all the difference. The best that. ability is availability. You're good at that. I stole that from someone else. Uh, okay. Yeah, we won't. Doesn't matter. I don't think you trademarked it. For all intents and purposes, it's yours. You can't steal a good idea. Did you steal that one too? Yeah, I just made that one up. This oh, oh, nice. Yeah. We can put that on a shirt. Yeah, that's how. That's the good. Well, it's a trademark it. Okay, we're going to trademark that good idea, so you can't steal it. It's probably going to cost more to trademark it than we're going to get if somebody else says it. Yeah. 
Screw it. Mm. <laughs> this final shout-out goes to Ash. Ash said, Completed day 22 of my challenge to run a minimum of 5K every day in January and up to 160K for the month, the most I have run in 12 months. We were just talking about consistency, and that's excellent, Ash, especially since I know you've been dealing with a bit of an injury and trying to get over that. So getting back and using the school holidays to get back into consistent running is is fantastic. And what are we now? You'll be up to 27 days in a row now, which is awesome. How many days are in January? 30? One. 31. What's the poem? The poem? You know, the poem like... Oh, every day... Is not... That's not how it starts. No. It starts with a number. Okay, you don't know the poem. I don't know the poem. 31 days has... One of the months. <laughs> so do these other months. And but not but all. But these of them. others have thirty, and except for February. And leap year. It's something something leap year partridge in a pear tree. Oh, that's yeah. that's definitely it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm thirty-five. I don't know which months have. Fi- I, yeah. I have no you can idea. do something with your knuckles where punch the calendar. No, not punch the calendar. It's like each up one is an is even, and each down one is odd. And so you can sit there and go January, and you can count. Oh, yeah. I will find the image of that and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, great. But yeah, apparently you can use your hand and your knuckles to determine which one. I mean, that would be good because yeah. I hate being 35 and not knowing how many days are in the month that I'm in. It's an interesting fact that I can remember the fact, but I can't remember the actual thing the you do with product the hand. Of the fact. So I still can't answer that question of how many days are in the month. Fair enough. Like, yeah. I really have no idea how many yeah. days are in January. Meanwhile, I'm holding a $1,000 iPad that could probably tell me in two seconds. Probably, but, but yeah. it's broken apparently. Yeah, well, the thing doesn't work. Piece yeah. of shit. Hmm. Anyway. All right. So thanks to everyone from the Facebook community for those shout-outs. We love to see them, so keep them coming. Jump in there. Also, love to see people initiating the conversation in Absolutely. the community as well. If you've got something from the socials that you want to share with us mm-hmm. or an interesting article, jump on there, and we'd love to see the conversation that comes out of Yeah, us. you don't have to wait for us to post. Maria's really good at that. Maria always yes. posts stuff in there and uh, posts informative stuff. Or like the other day, I think she posted about where you can uh, donate your old shoes. Yeah, from my episode, There's No Business yeah. Like Shoe Business. Yeah. One of the questions we had, which I think we answered in a previous podcast, yep. was what do you do with your old shoes? Because eventually you need to get rid of them, and a, a Viking funeral of setting them in fire before you put them in the bin isn't always appropriate. I might do that. One, the neighbor's not impressed. Ah, good point. Two, tends to melt the bin. Ah. Yeah. So, But if you don't want to do that, donation. So, yeah, check out the community. There was a great link there for people in the western side of Melbourne to go donate. Indeed. Mm. Thanks for that. So, long weekend. Yeah. What have you've been busy? Yeah, it's been a pretty busy, pretty busy uh, weekend for yeah. me. Um, you teased in one of the pre, you teased in our last episode the first thing you were going to do this long weekend. Tell me about running in the Dandenongs with Barkley Marathon competitor Isabel Ross. That was really cool. It was really cool, and it was. You know what? It, it's it's so perfect because the day that we went running was so shitty. <laughs> 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 well, a tea. Way to tease it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how you sell something. Yeah. Right? But it was cold and it was rainy. It was like pouring at points. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were running through like puddles and stuff. And it was just like, it's like, this is this is what running with a Barkley marathoner is, is supposed to be. Yeah. It's just a really you're not cool... meant to be happy. You're no, not you're meant not. to enjoy it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so where was it? So it was in the Dandenongs. Yep. Um. I, I don't exactly know which part of the Dandenong. She sent me the address and I, I went to it. <laughs> but it was, you know, we did... Uh, You're like an Uber, but for runners. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go. Yeah. Uh, we did 8K. Yep. Um, and she, she, I mean, I had gotten there and she had already done 5 or 6K before okay. I got in there. Um, and we just talked about, like, everything. Uh, you know, n- I, 
you know, running nutrition um, politics even, uh, just nonsense. Like, we didn't get political or anything. No. We were just talking about what's we going on. We heard last episode what happens when you get political. It does not. Let's, we, not, do let's not do that again. Yeah. Now, stay away from that. If there's a knock at the door now, I'm going to be very scared. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been yet True. since we spoke about it. It just shows how many people actually listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah, the See? Secret Service will get to it in like four years. Yeah, that's fine. I'll be somewhere else. Um. So, was it hilly? Yeah, well, Danny Nongs are a hill. Yeah, it was. I mean, <laughs> Isabel. So, Isabel, uh, Izzy, mm. she described the hills, so they weren't like, you know, crazy steep yeah. or anything, but she described them as, and apparently this is a thing, douche grade hills. Oh, okay. Like douche grade hills. Right. So they're just, just inclining enough to just be a bit of a douche, yep. like a bit of a pain in the ass, but not so inclining that you have to stop to climb up them. Right. So it's just, you know, it's a good little... It was a good track for somebody who has not run trails that often, like myself, yep. to sink my teeth into a bit. I mean, I've gone to the Yu Yangs and I've done some steep stuff, and I've obviously I've done the roller coaster run yep. and the trail halves that I've done. But I'm not, a, I'm not a trail runner. Do you have trail shoes? I do. Okay, I do. Um, but I didn't use them because they were kind of they've been. Why would you? You're running on trails. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's that's silly. That's yeah. not a waste. Plus, they get dirty. I know. <laughs> I hate that crap. Um, wah. My trail running shoes have gotten destroyed after one of the Spartans, so I got to get uh, new ones. Okay. But yeah, I just ran in my um, in my Brooks, uh, le- uh, not the Levitates, maybe the Levitates doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, neutral shoe, anyway, not yeah. a trail shoe. Uh, and that, that was funny because that was the first thing she said to me when I got there was, let's, "Hey Brooke, yeah, well, let's see your shoes. Yeah, hey Brooke, <laughs> let's see your shoes. What are the treads like? I was like, oh, they're they're not. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, well, that's one way we could go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But she, yeah, man, it was just really cool. Uh, and I recorded a lot of it. Okay. Um, so that'll, I'll, I'll put that out eventually. Um, and just basically I recorded the whole run. Yep. So it was about, I don't know, I guess we were out there for about an hour? Yeah, about less like 8Ks on trails. Yeah. You'd be out there for it was about, about hour, yeah, it was so. about a seven, seven and a half minute climb. And did you know how bad the weather was going to be when you were heading over there? Or did you, yeah, well, for it, those who don't know, in where we are in Melbourne, we're on the western side of Melbourne. That Mount Dandenong is on the eastern side of Melbourne, mm. so it's about an hour's drive away from us, yeah, and the weather can change. The weather is very different on yeah. the two sides of the city. Well, we, we we knew that it would be, and matter of fact, we were, we were messaging back and forth the night before, and she messaged, she's like, look, it's supposed to be really crappy tomorrow. What do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to still do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Let's do this. Mm. And we were both kind of going back and forth, waiting for the other one to say... Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. And eventually we did, obviously, because, you know, we yeah. went. Uh, but, yeah, I knew it was going to be kind of crappy, but I didn't realize it was going to be that kind of crappy. And probably halfway through the run, it started uh, – Really stopped. coming down. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's actually started really coming down when I got there. Okay. So that was awesome. Thunder? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. But um, it was great. When You know, I'm, I'm kicking myself because we, we went and had a coffee afterward, uh, and we had a, just another great – We probably, You didn't record it. I didn't record it. Ah, I'm kicking myself because we talked about so many awesome things. That's one of the lessons I've learned from you is keep the recorder with permission. Yeah, keep the tape recorder going. That's it, and that's I, where the gold comes. I wish out. I had, man. She like she yelled at me for being like a, uh, a so many reasons why. Yeah, well, she for not having enough carbs uh, because I, I run my I, I run I'm not big into uh, carby running right because mm. um, I've trained my body to not have to have all those carbs thanks to Generation You Can we'll get there yeah. uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was telling her about the 10K, yeah. and she was just like, you need carbs to be able to go a little bit faster. Like, uh, you know, I don't care what anybody else says. And, like, you hear all these different 
yeah. versions of that, like what's right, what's wrong. But then when somebody who does what she does yeah. tells you, it's like, oh, maybe there's probably something to that. It's funny how as runners, eventually at some point, we all turn into like, you know, Italian grandmothers going, yeah. you're too skinny, yeah. you must eat, it's exactly. have some pasta, yeah. look at you, you're never find a man with these hips. That's great. If yeah. you're a casting director looking for an Italian grandma, this guy's awesome. It's perfect. I yeah. kind of started to go off somewhere in a different thing. All my accents eventually find their way to like Hyderabad. Yeah, you went yeah. off a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we were talking about my, my sub three-hour goal. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you're going to probably have to cool it on the Spartans then and just solely focus on this. I'm like, yeah, I probably will. Mm. But it's just interesting to get that perspective from like a professional, basically, runner. Yeah. Um, and did you drill her on Barkley? Like, did, did you talk that? Because, I mean, you've done a whole podcast yeah. with her, but did you... Do you know, I haven't because she's been accepted to do it again. And she can't talk a lot about it because of the I mean, secret. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did I did talk to her a little bit about it. Yeah. And this was at when we were having coffee. And, you know, because I kept asking her, I was like, can I ask you this? She's like, you can ask, but there's some things that I can't you know, yeah. talk about. Uh, and fair enough. It's like, it's very... But it's if very I tap my cheek game. three times and then brush under my chin, then you'll know that... I want you to steal second base. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Mm. Who's on first? Yeah. You're right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then drove home completely soaking wet. And drove home completely soaking wet. It was great. Um, yeah, but it was really fun. We're going again on Wednesday. We're going to the uh, Yu Yangs this time. Okay. So is she local? No. She lives out by the Dandenongs. She lives okay. out in, what are the suburbs around the Dandenongs? Uh, uh, Bayswater. No. Walter in the South. No. Lilydale. No. Croydon. No. Why do you know all this? Because I used to live out there. Okay. Yeah. So I used to live out there, like at the foot of Mount Dandenong with mum and dad. Yeah. I used to work not in the Dandenongs, but in the suburb of Dandenong. Okay. Which at the time was a little bit rougher. It was more like, I want to say the Gotham City in the movie Joker. Cool. It was a lot like that. Yeah, you right. would run fast through Dandenong in the late 90s, but okay. not because you were training, just to get away scared. from stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So that's why I know all those suburbs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I can't remember what suburb. Because, yeah, she lives out that way. So she's coming this way round. So we're going to do the Yui's. Yep. Uh, we're going to do 20K this time. That's why you asked for those tracks. That's why I asked for those tracks. Right, By the way, okay. to those of you who don't know, which <laughs> is all of you, uh, I asked Zach for uh, a bunch of tracks. Uh, the running tracks the other day to send me the GPX files uh, so that I could send them <laughs> X files so I could send them to Isabel Ross so she could have a look uh, and pick something out. Did she pick one? I guess I'm okay. hoping. I mean, I'm assuming, but I'm hoping it's not too hard because she knows I'm not a trail runner. But I don't mm. think she would care. Yeah, no, she won't. She, yeah. won't. she ran 45 kilometers yesterday. Really? Longest she's gone because she's been injured. Yeah. Um, after the GSER, uh, but so she ran just you know just 45k. Fantastic. So you've got like. Like a, like a mentor. I know. It's cool. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. I know. It's going to be great. You're going to go to Barkley and crew for her? I really want to. Yeah. I really want to. I think she's, she's already picked somebody out, but I'm going to keep... Uh, Someone I'm competent. Gonna, what? Someone Someone, competent. Yeah, someone yeah. actually who knows what they're doing. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep putting the word in. Like, yo, Isabel. Yeah. Just saying. If you're listening. I know you are. Yeah. I know you listen to my podcast. If you need someone who can do funny impressions as well, Isabel, I'm always up for it. If you want an Italian yeah. grandma. Yeah, if you want to be told to eat carbs when you come and stop, exactly. I can do that. Exactly. I can do nothing else to help you, but I can do that. That's, you know, yeah. that counts. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was just before Australia Day. That was just before Australia Day. That was on the Friday. On the Friday. Yeah. Cool. Friday. Yeah. Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Friday. Hmm. So that was fun. And then what did I do after that? I think Saturday was a bit of a... Yeah, Saturday was just an easy run. Yeah, because yeah. we were at Park Run. We were at Park Run we together. Park run, yeah. yeah, so Saturday was just Park Run. Do you know what's funny? Saturday's Park Run because I, I meant to go easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so often we say that. And I wanted to do her out of 30 minutes. Well, there's paces. Yeah. Paces are always 
bad. Yeah. Well, and you know what? In a sense, I did go. I mean, I ran it in about 27, or 28 minutes, we'll say, mm. which is an easy pace, right? But you were trying to save yourself. Exactly. Because you were running. Exactly. So I ran it in 28 minutes, but the funny thing was, that same pace, normally my heart rate's around 145, yep. 150, maybe. My heart rate was up there, man. It was like up at 165, 170 the whole time. Yep. And that's a, that's a, what's that, like a 530-something pace, something yep. like that? Yep, 27 and a half, 530. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it was a bit, maybe 530, say 1, or 532, because I was a little bit... And I was like really worried. I was like, why is my heart rate so high? Mm. And funnily enough, I, I said, I, I talked about that to, uh, to Izzy. I said, because she was asking me how I was going. I was like, yep. this is this is what happened. And she's like, well, your, your body's probably reacting in a funky way because you've got a race on Sunday. Um, so don't worry too much about it. But yeah, it freaked me out. Yeah. It freaked me out. So I just took the rest of that day really easy. Yeah. Easily. Because you were running on Sunday on yeah. Australia Day Actual. Indeed. You're heading back down to Rosebud. Yeah. To do a race that I've never done. The Rosebud Australia Day 10K. Yeah. And you went down there with Simon and Chani. Yeah, well, I met them down there. You met them down yeah, there. Yeah, I met them down Second there. year in a row. Second year in a row. Really great course. Mm-hmm. Really. If you want a 10K PB, this is the course to do it at. I mean, the weather, you never know because it's in, you know, it's in January. It might be hot. It might be. Yeah. Um, uh, that particular day, it was, I think it was like 20, 22, something like that. And so you... From what I could tell, you drive somewhere, park your car, and then you get a bus to the Yeah, start so basically line. you you drive, you park at the finish line, yep. then they shuttle you up to the start line. So okay. when you finish, your car's right there. So there's no out and back, there's no loop, no. it's just straight line just straight running line. north to south. North to south. And they, they actually include uh, a backdrop with your, <clears throat> with your entry. So basically when you go up to the start line, you just give them a little tag, uh, and they take your stuff, and then they shuttle your stuff back to the finish line. Nice. After going through it and... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I knew I was missing something. (laughs) And so this was one of the things that you wanted to do. This was a bit of a goal race for you. Yeah, this was a goal race for me. And a couple reasons because, you know, it was a 10K. I wanted to PB. Um, B, it was my first real – I mean, I've raced since the marathon. You know, I've done the Spartans and everything. But this was my first kind of road race. And I feel like I felt like I needed a good road race. And with Spartan, you're sprinting obstacle to obstacle. But then when you get to the obstacle – it is kind of what it is. Yeah. Because this is your first, let's just run it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, since October. And it went really well. I mean, if I'm going to go, I'll, I'll just go by kilometer. So, yeah. okay. So I, I, I practiced this thing. I, I trained for this thing uh, at about a 445 uh, pace, like when yeah. I was doing my repeats, 445 pace. I know I said the other day, 45 minute would be great, but that was like pipe, pipe dream. I knew that that wasn't really realistic because um, with my. Uh, uh, repeats. It was a 4:30 to 4:45 kilometer mm. pace, but yeah. 4:30 is not right now a pace that I can keep up for anything much longer than 5k. Yeah. Uh, so the first, you know, we started out and it it, it started out really well. Um, you know, funnily enough, I there was a guy there that I recognized him from the year before, yeah. and the year before I wanted to keep up with him and I couldn't. Um, and I'll get back to that in a second. Okay. But I remember seeing him because he looks like a friend of mine. Okay. Um, how busy was this race? Oh, it was pretty busy. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't get the numbers, but I, I mean, it's a small, intimate race, right? But okay. with the amount of people they have, it's great flow. I have to imagine there was at least, oh, I don't know, man, I like five that. to six hundred people. Yeah, I think I saw on your results something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, seven hundred. Okay. Seven hundred and ninety-one. That's very precise. Yeah. From not having an idea to knowing exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, I just, I just saw my race result because I, I came in 191st out of 791. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing to see you work through that. Yeah, That's thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <A> transformation. <laughs> I'm, I'm a useful. journey. 
<laughs> Coffee has kicked in. Indeed. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, it started off really well. So, the first, say, two or three, four kilometers, I'm just cruising at 445. I'm, I'm kind of going back. So, what I do sometimes. It's road. It's road. It's, okay. it's, it's all road. I mean, there's gravelly bits, but it's road. Yeah. And what I do sometimes is I'll, I'll do the 445 yeah. to, um, so, in each kilometer, I'll break it down. So, okay, point eight. Uh, or 800 meters, I'll run the 445, and the last 200 meters of that kilometer, I'll, I'll pick it up a little bit yep. just to buy myself some time and then bring it right back. So it's basically a fart leg, right? Yeah. Um, and that was fine. I did that three, four, kind of altering back and forth from 445 to 435-minute yeah. kilometer. Did you see Simon at the start? I did. Um, so Shani and I, were we started together. Yeah. Um, and we saw Simon was, because we all got separated a little bit, and Simon was probably about 20 meters ahead of us. Yeah. Um, but, man, he flew. He yeah. did it in like 43 minutes. Yeah. He's a freaking fast guy. And you know what he did the day before. Yeah, he did the 30K he went out. Thing. He went out and did a leg of the Oxfam. He's crazy. Out and back over 1,000 meters of elevation. And mm. I'm like, I was really excited when he said that because I was like, oh, cool. Maybe Simon will run with me. You're like, good on you. I was going to have to kick you in the ankle to slow <laughs> you down, but you've done it to yourself. And My then God. he goes off and runs a 43. That's crazy. Yeah. He's he's spectacular. Yeah. Um, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, so four or five Ks in traveling. Well, I think I hit the five K mark at around 23, 45 drink stations. Yeah, there was, uh, okay. there was drink stations. It's funny. Actually, the first drink station was like a kilometer in. It's like, who the hell needs water that early? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just rezoning or something where they can put them. Yeah. And then there wasn't another one for another like maybe three or four kilometers, and then I think one more or two more after that. Yep. So the basically first one was really close. The second one was a little bit further away, and the last two were uh, joined a little bit closer together. I only had water at one station because I didn't want to slow down. On a 10K, down. yeah, having water more than once is tough. Yeah. It takes like 15, 20 seconds off your pace probably yeah. to stop and do it all. So yeah. I didn't. I just I, I just had it the one time, and I probably didn't need it, but I was like, you know what, I'll just be proactive here Yeah. Uh, because it was kind of warming up. Yeah, Sunday was warm. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was kind of deceptively warm because it started out it was like 16 degrees and I was like this is great, but then it rose really quickly. Okay. And because I guess where Rosebud is, just the way that the sun hits everything, it just felt like it was hotter yeah. than it probably was. Flat course. Very flat. Very flat. It is it is the course to go to if you want a PB. Okay. Because it's just very very flat um, and really really great. So yeah, I hit that 5K at about 23 and a half, 23:45 something, and I was like oh, I better. I better do something here. I better pick it up. But also at that same time, maybe around kilometer six, five and a half, six, I started like, gee, that got hard. Like this has gotten hard oh, out of God. nowhere. Um, like, you know, when you're just starting to feel your uh, your body and your muscles have that kind of tingly feeling like, you know, the lactic acid yeah. is building up and it's like, oh man, this is this is crazy. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's that moment, it's those moments that where you can decide, all right, well, this is getting hard. I can either you know, slow down and just let it go, or I can try to push through and, and see what happens. And by the time I got to kilometer eight, that was probably my slowest kind of kilometer. Uh, in miles, yep. uh, I was running about a 730 mile, and that mile, that particular mile, that would be mile five, was about a 750. So it was a 20-second slower mile, which doesn't sound like a lot, but like if you're waiting at the finish line for 20 seconds for the next person... It feels like a lot. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, far out. So you just have to like get it into your head where, okay, 
Well, that's why we do speed work during training. Exactly. That's why we learn to push, to trust the body. Exactly. Like you've done the work. You don't suddenly discover on kilometre eight that you can go that fast. Yeah. You have to trust that you've done the training exactly. to back that up. And that's where that's what you've got to pull from. Mm. And that's what I was pulling from. It's like, well, what, hang on. I've, I've, I've run at this point now 21.30 or 21 whatever, 5K. I'm basically, I'm well above that pace. I, this is These are the moments where you've got to figure out by yourself, is, are you going to let your mind win Yes. or are you going to just go for it and mm. just deal with the hurt? Because that's what it is. You're going yeah. you know, any race you're hurting yourself for a certain yeah. distance. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything. Otherwise you're hurting yourself. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in a bad way, but that's what it is. And you've got to figure out, are you going to deal with that hurt? Or are you going to let your mind win? Um, and so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And at this point, that guy that I knew. Ah, the for, mystery guy. Yeah. I was keeping up with him the whole way. But at this point, he was about 100 meters ahead of me. And I thought I'd lost him. Do you know his name? I don't. Does he look like like a Jeff? He looks like a Jace. Because that's, that's the name of the guy that he looks like. Okay. So we'll say that. Evil Jace. We'll just call him Evil Jace. Okay. So Evil Jace is about the 100 Chase meters ahead. Evil Jace. I love that. Bang. Boom. <laughs> that's gold. We'll take that to the podcast Emmys. Whatever that may be. Wow. That was nice. Good for you. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. So the that. chase for Jace, evil Jace. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was about a, a hundred meters ahead of me at that point with about two, maybe three, two and a half kilometers to go. Um, it and, is funny though, just quickly. Yeah. It's always that part of the race, isn't it? That 70% mm. part, be it a 5k, be it a 10k, be it a half marathon, yeah. be it a full marathon. It's always at about that. 70% mark like where your body goes, this is really hard. Yeah. Because I've done 5Ks and got to the 4K mark and gone, this is hard. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But then I've done marathons and I've ran past yeah. that and got to the 30K Exactly. It's funny that. So it is really, really weird that it's that 70% mark. It doesn't matter what the distance is. Your body goes, this is too hard. That's when you've got to push through. That's it. Mm. And no matter what that distance is, you've got to also keep in the back of your mind, when I get to within 100, 200 meters of that finish line, I'm going to sprint. I yes. know I can. I feel really tired now, but I know I've got that in me. Yes. So if I've got that in me, how much of that can I pull right now yeah. and then still keep it at the end? I'm not asking myself to do any more. Just hold what I've got. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. And and that's, where like, the, that's where the mental strength comes in. That's right. Because yeah. you know you're going to sprint that last 100 meters. Mm. You know it's in there. Yeah. So you're obviously not working so hard that you're going to crash. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I got to that point and I just started to kick it up. So where's Evil Jace at this point? Evil Jace is still about 100 meters the ahead. Chase for Evil Jace the is still on. Chase for Evil Jace is still on. Yeah. And maybe around kilometer nine, I don't know where it came from, but I just got like a new, just a, uh, a, a new, uh, a second wind yeah. sort of thing. And I just, it, it started to feel a little bit easier. And I was like, because at this point I had been running around, uh, I was up at that five minute kilometer mark and that's not where I wanted to be, mm. you know, uh, because if I had spent from kilometer seven to 10 at that five kilometer mark, I wasn't going to PB. So around eight and a half, I guess right after eight kilometers, I was, I found that second wind and I I ran, I went back to the 445 kilometer pace, hit the 430 a couple times. And by mile nine, I'd caught up to evil Jace. Kilometer nine. Kilometer nine. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Kilometer nine. Yeah. And and Evil Jace at this point is dropping banana peels everywhere. Do you know? Twirling his mustache. He knew that I was on it. (laughs) He yeah. knew. I know he knew because yeah. he looked at me when I got to him. Yeah. And he knew that I was on him. Through and, a monocle. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And his like pinky and the yeah. and his naked cat or whatever those things are called. He knew. And it's one of those things where you're in a race and you only, you kind of feel bad when you pass somebody. 
Mm. But at the same time, I was like, nah, you know what? I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to. And I did. I passed him. And it was great. And I actually, I, I, I said to him, I was like, great job, man. Like, keep it up. Mm. But I was really excited. And yeah. that put me, it was that one thing that put me for that last kilometer. I was like, I, I can do this. It's funny when you're sometimes chasing someone and you'll be like behind them for a kilometer, just slowly getting to them, slowly getting to them. And then you'll get past them. And next thing you know, you're 20 meters in front, 30 yeah. meters yeah. in front. It's like you've just been, they, it's wild. they can hear you coming and you're trying to get there. And when you finally get past them, it's just that little kick yeah. you need to start going faster. And it makes you feel like, I mean, yes, it's a race and yes, yes you're competing with yourself, but just that it's, it's kind of, for me, it's, mm. it's a cool dynamic to start like thinking that I'm competing against this guy. It's like, you know, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm Elliot and he's Meb Kaflesky or something. And we're just, you know, I mean, obviously we're not, but it's just a cool, yeah. it's a cool feeling. You got um, to take whatever inspiration you can get. It's like when you do a marathon and you join up with like half marathoners. And so you're on the same course with yeah. them and you start going past half marathoners. It doesn't, you know, you're in a completely different yeah. race to them, but just the feeling of going, going past, past people yeah. is a boost for you. It doesn't cost them anything. No. And yeah. But it just feels, yeah, it just feels really good. And it gives you that sense of, all right, I can, I can do this. Mm. And that last kilometer was hard. Mm. It was not easy. My last kilometer was somewhere around, I think, uh, 4.20 or 4.30. Ooh. So it, I pushed it. Hot, right? Uh, it was probably about a 175, 180. Yeah. Uh, it was up there. It was, it was maxing out. Um, but, you know, I... Uh, I, I passed a couple more people. I passed this one guy about 10 meters away from the finish line because at that point, maybe 50 meters, I saw Simon. Yes. Because he had already finished. And he's like, way to go, Superman. Yeah. And I saw him and I was like, that, I needed that. Yeah. And that, I just bolted and I passed this other guy and and I, I heard the announcer. I don't know how they, they do this, but they somehow they know who you are. They're like, yeah, way to go, Andrew Lorenzo. Well, they know, they know your bib number. Yeah, but how can they look at it well, that they, quickly? They see it. Well, the, the announcer is probably not at the finish line. He's probably like 50 meters down the course. So he sees you coming past him yeah. and then reads your number and goes from there. But would, that would take a long time to search for my number, wouldn't it? Possibly, yeah. I don't know. It's magic. Let's go with magic. Okay. Maybe that's better. That makes more sense. More sense than my explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's um, an owl. And the owl flies out and checks it and then port keys back. Hedwig. Yeah. Yeah. Harry mm. Potter. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That makes more mm. sense. Yeah. I get it. Um, and yeah, well, you know, I finished the race in 47. I finished the race in 47.17 or something. Yeah. Official time is 47, actually 14, I think. But it was only 9.92 kilometers. Mm. So you wouldn't, you know, I had to do the. Of course answer. you did. Yeah. yeah. So I. After feeling like I wanted to vomit for a second, I I, I got up to speed ah, and I the victory bomb. Yeah, yeah. I got up to speed and I started my Garmin. I did the last point oh eight kilometers. I did the full ten k in about forty seven twenty five yep. something. And there was, was a personal best. Congratulations! Thank by you. How much? Uh, about a minute. That's a lot. Yeah, about a minute. So I was, you know, I didn't really tell anybody what I wanted to do. I just said I wanted to go. I wanted to PB, but yeah. I was hoping to do anything sub 48. Yeah. So I was really happy with that. Really happy with that. It just felt really good to have a good race, to have a personal best. Because it's been a while. Mm. I mean, you know, 5K, but yeah. I mean, in a, in, a, in, a, in a longer, in a road race, in an actual race, it's been a while. And most importantly, how'd you pull up? How was the knee? Really good. That's great. I felt really good afterward. Matter of fact, a couple hours later, I went horseback riding. Wow. Yeah. That's a... 
an Australian thing to do it on was. Australia Day. I had the Australia. As a matter of fact, I had the Australian flag and everything. Yep. In my hand, I have a photo of it. So Australia Day for you was 10 kp to be. Yep. Make friends with the horse. Be great, man. And go for a ride. Exactly. And not fall off. <laughs> exactly. That's it was really great. Awesome. So it was a great day. I feel great today. My right glute is a little bit tight, but I would expect that because that that's generally how it pulls yeah. up after a speed workout, uh, which is you know uh, easily fixed by some spiky ball stuff mm-hmm. and some strategically placed stretching. But yeah, it felt it was just a good day, and I felt really bad because I had to because I was going riding. I had to book off really quickly, yeah. so I didn't get a chance to see Shani finish. Yeah. Um, but obviously, at that point, I had spoken to Simon about his PB, and yeah. I, yeah, it was a PB for Simon as well. Excellent. I so, can't believe he PB'd after that day. He's such a the freak. <laughs> so good. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. What color was the horse? The cor- the horse is called a red roan horse, so that means it's 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 kind of got the the gingery type hair, oh. but uh, it's got white specks through it. Uh, beautiful horse. His name is Styles. So I've ridden him a few times now. Really? Yeah. Matter of fact, we're starting to see. I he he was nuzzling me before I started riding. Like he, like it was horse whisperer stuff. It was great. <laughs> Is so good. He was just like nuzzling me and letting me hold his face and pet his nose. And this is for impulse. These are for impulse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the horse that I'm going to use when we film that scene. Okay. So you're yeah. still prepping to film the scene. You haven't filmed the scene. Yet. Not yet. No. Okay. He, he was a little, he was a bit excited though. I will say because we uh, we were we always warm up mm. the horse uh, and then I start you know trotting and then we'll get into more of a canter uh, which is much faster and he was a little bit he was a little bit excited because we haven't cantered a lot lately and he was really excited that we were doing it so when you ride a horse what you're doing is you're asking them to do what you want them to do so it's never you know it's never crazy you know uh pulling or anything there's this great film actually called buck about this guy who goes around and trains horses i right. really highly recommend it but he was just, he kept picking up the pace to a canter and i was like whoa whoa this is not what we're supposed to be doing here mm-hmm. but we had fun he, you know, we, 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 we rode a while and we, we did some fast stuff, but it was interesting to see how excitable he was yep. that day. Maybe he was just excited because it was Australia Day. Yeah, he's patriotic. He knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And so that was it for Australia Day. Nothing else happened of interest? Well. Oh, it's as if I knew. It's as if you knew. Funny story. Okay. So I'm, I'm in, uh, where I ride is in, is in uh, the Lancefield-Kilmore area, yep. which is about 20 minutes away from uh, hanging rock mm. and uh ash you know was meant to go she's been mentioned before she's been mentioned before yes. she she of course sometimes <laughs> does the voiceover for yeah. the breaking the barrier generation you can shout out she was meant to go see elton john with her mother <gasps> sir elton sir john. elton john wow and her mother apparently wasn't feeling very well mm. and now she knew that i love because as as a growing up uh, growing up in, really into musical theater, there was I didn't really listen to modern music. I didn't listen to the big bands and stuff. I listened to oldies, show tunes, you know, Billy Joel, Elton John, because mm. I love Elton John because yeah. he does you know a lot of what he sings is very theater yeah. style, right? And I love Elton John. She calls me. She's like, well, "What are you doing today?" I was like, "Well, I'm in. I'm riding a horse. I'm riding a horse. <laughs> what are you <laughs> doing today? I'm, I'm top I'm, that. I'm I'm using my phone while riding." Mm. And she's like, "Well, I'm supposed to go see Elton John and Hanging Rock, and Mom's sick." Do you want to go? I was like, I'm like 20 minutes away from hanging a rock. I'd love to go. (laughs) And so all of a sudden I'm PBing. I'm riding this amazing creature, this amazing horse. And then I'm going to see Elton John out of nowhere. On Australia Day. On Australia Day at Hanging Rock. 
What? Yeah. Man, it was such an incredible concert. Such an incredible concert. The guy, I don't know how old, he's got to be in his 70s. Yeah, yeah, he's in his 70s now. He's been touring, this is his 51st year. Yeah. The tour was called uh, Farewell Yellow Brick Road. This is his final tour. Yeah, this is like year three of his 12-year final goodbye tour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because he, uh, the way that he described it is 10 years ago he didn't have a family, but now he does. He does, yeah. And so he wants to spend time with them. And so this is theoretically his final tour. Yeah. Uh, And it was just, it was so amazing. And this guy, when I tell you, when you watch somebody who it is so clear that they love what they do. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Like after every song, he just got up and he, you know, he, he gave the bow to the audience. He pointed at people and he spoke to the audience and he was just so excited about what he was doing. And he gave everything that he had. I mean, this guy's in his 70s. Yeah. He's got to be. And he's still putting on a great show. I've heard people say that, matter of fact, we were talking about this, Ash and I, after the concert, I've heard people say that he's not great live. I don't know what the hell they're watching. He was amazing. Was it outside? It was outside. Do you think maybe that being in nature and having like no stadium around and just well, the I mean, he, they they put up this huge sound stage. Yeah. So it's like you're in. I mean, well, it's like he's inside. Yeah. We were all outside. We had, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I at I, sunset. It's uh, yeah. It started. It started at seven thirty. So it was, okay. it was the sun was still relatively high in the sky, yeah. uh, and then as it progressed through, there was there was sunset, and mm. uh, you know, it ended at about ten. It ended about 10.30. The guy was singing... Two and a half hours. Non-stop. And three. Wow. 7.30 started. And he was singing non-stop. There was no intermission. Really? Now, at one point, he, he ran off to change, but that was maybe two, three minutes. Yep. And then he was right back out. Big band? Yeah, well, not a huge band. So he had uh, he had uh, two percussionists, a, a guitarist, mm. a bass player, and another keyboard, uh, another keyboard, another pianist. Yeah. But some of these guys have been with him because he was announcing, you know, he spoke about them. Some of these guys have been with him for the whole 50 years. Wow. I mean, I met a guy who had seen Elton John 40 years ago, actually on the day that John Lennon got shot. Oh, really? And he said, yeah. And he said, well, this is, this is the second time I've seen him. 40 years ago, I saw him. He had that same percussionist. How wow. crazy is that? That's like Springsteen touring with the E Street Band. And yeah. Them for some yeah. Of them as well. Yeah. And, but, and, and you can tell that they've been together forever because it's like a party on stage. Like these guys were having the time of their lives. Like, it's just, oh, it was so incredible. He did all the good stuff. The only thing that I was really sad that he didn't do was Pinball Wizard. Oh, really? And I know technically that's the Who, but of yeah. course he does it in the movie, Tommy. Yes. Um, and he, it's funny, when they introed him onto the stage, they did the instrumental, and that was part of it. And I was like, oh, he's going to do it, but then yeah. he didn't do it. No. He opened with Benny and the Jets, which was cool. Oh, nice. Which was really cool. Have you seen Rocket Man? Yeah. How good is that? So good. I know. Such a good film. I watched, on the way back from Toronto, I watched uh, Rocket Man. Yeah. You know, on the way, on the first leg. And then I watched that movie uh, yesterday where no, everyone forgets the Beatles music. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, The Queen one. Yeah, right. As well, with uh, Rami uh, Malek. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, PJ Trains were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had uh, Elton... Beatles and then Queen, and that was just like my musical nice. uh, document on the way back from Toronto. It was just, it was amazing. Like yeah. three, re- three very different films, but yeah. three really, really good films. I probably liked Rocket Man the best. Uh, I thought I think it that was great. Probably one of my favorite films in the past couple of years. He is so good in it as well. I know. Because he was in that uh, animated one, Sing. Yeah. And he pretend he was a, a gorilla. Yeah. And he, the gorilla, sang. He did the um, like the. Oh, what's it called? Um, I keep standing. 
Yeah, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Yeah. So he did that, and then he did the thing I loved in the movie Rocket Man was they did um, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yeah. And it started off with the kid doing it. Yep. And then it segued into him, but then when there was a little bit of a different background, it oh, it was just Very amazing. Cool. I think I've watched that one like four or five times. Yeah. I, well, I only saw it in the theater, and I really want to watch it again after now seeing this uh, concert last mm-hmm. night. But I remember how awesome it was. Just really good. And he was a big because sometimes there's these. Uh, there's these biographical films that get made yeah. and the people that they're being made about can sometimes look at them like, oh, that's not really how it happened. But yeah. I'm pretty sure Elton John was pretty big consulting with this. I think, yeah, people thought that that one was a little bit more accurate than the Queen one. The Queen yeah. one, people were like, Yeah, oh, I heard that. Because that the yeah. I didn't, I must admit, I've only seen bits and pieces of, of the Queen one. That scene of them doing Live Aid at the end, he yeah. is fantastic that I didn't in see. that. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I didn't see that. But um, the, I did hear that there was a lot of yeah. fallacies. Because, because I think, the people, the surviving members of Queen were like, it's about Queen, so yeah. it's got to be about all of us. But, of course, it let's really, be honest, yeah, everyone wasn't. wants to talk about Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And it felt a little bit unbalanced there, whereas the Rocket Man was just pure Elton. Yeah, yeah. And also, Rocket Man didn't try and do it as a true, you know, retake. It was interpretive. Yeah, there and it was, it, was, it was just like it had that surreal feel yes. to it. But it worked for that. Mm. It worked for that music, and it worked for that story, and it was just yeah. really good. The imagery, like they were able to do more interesting imagery in Rocket Man, whereas yeah. Queen had to play it straight. It was a little bit more gritty. Yeah. I guess is the word. It was more, yeah, yes. playing it straight. It's just a story where the Rocket Man, you watch it, and it's like a dream. Yes. Yeah, which was kind of like this concert. That's amazing. So there you go. It was really good. It was so good. Oh, man, he's so good. Like, mm. just... And, he, you know, he was telling about his story and, you know, where he's come from. He talked a little bit about the uh, Elton John AIDS Foundation because yep. that's very big. And it's just an amazing thing with that, specifically AIDS and HIV, where we've come since the early 90s where it was a death sentence yes. to now where it doesn't have to be. There's no cure. No. But, I mean, that's huge yep. for any disease to come that far. Yeah. Uh, and he, of course, spoke about his relationship with his, with his, with his lyricist and how – yeah, because he was a big part of the Rocket Man film as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really cool. Just hearing him speak, I, I felt like I thought he would sound more British. Really? Yeah, he didn't have as strong as accent as I thought. Okay. Yeah. I guess he has been living in LA and America yeah. a lot over the years. Yeah. So I think he lives in England now. Maybe. Hmm. So that's what I took away from that. He's not as British as I thought. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just really—it was so surreal. Awesome. So surreal. Really cool. That's great. Yeah. So there you go. So that was that was my Australia Day week. Uh, uh, Australia Day weekend. You've packed a lot into. This is why we give ourselves an extra day. Exactly. Even though the actual Australia Day was yesterday on the Sunday, this is why we've this got Monday. Why we have the extra so we day. can recover from this, and, and so that we can do a podcast about it. Exactly. Right. Which yeah. is which is great. So what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, I was not quite as exciting as you. There has been no large equestrian riding. Bummer. Uh, there's been no seeing stuff in concert. Bummer. I've, I've just been prepping for... I've got the, the Backyard Ultra into Yes. It. So tell us about that. So, so that's that's the one where every hour you do the six and a yeah, half. Yeah. So starting Friday uh, at seven o'clock yep. and then going on the hour every hour until I don't go any further. So yeah. I, I did a, a couple of things to prep for that this weekend. Uh, I went out... On Sunday morning, I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning yep. and I started doing some practice laps. Okay. So I ran uh, the local loop near us. is a 7K loop mm. and the course on the day is going to be 6.7 kilometers or something yep. like that. And so I got up at 4 o'clock and I did a lap uh-huh. and then I got back to my house and I sat down on a chair and went, what do I do now for 20 minutes? Yeah. And so I sat around for 20 minutes, had a little drink, had something to eat, checked my phone. 
watched the minutes tick down. Yep. Okay, hour ticked over, went out, ran another lap. Yep. Uh, and it did that five times. So I did 35Ks oh, wow. over five hours. Wow. And it was weird in that I felt so tired by the time I got to, like, the fifth lap. Yeah. It, at one point in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, I'll do... I'll do seven laps maybe. I might do 49Ks or something this morning just to prep for it. But something about stopping for that 20 minutes and sort of starting to stiffen up again and then having to get moving again was really, really tough. And, like, what do you – because you sort of – you get back from the lap and you sit down and you have something to eat straight away and you drink and you go, and I've got 19 minutes. What do I do for the 19 minutes or so? And it was a – it's a really weird, unusual period of time because I'm like, I can't sleep and there's no point sleeping, but I also don't want to do anything. Yeah. And so just trying to get into that rhythm of – Run, start, and also getting up first thing in the morning, doing it at four o'clock. So yeah. I had to do it at the first couple of hours with a headlamp on yep. uh, and then keep going. But that was my Sunday. I kind of did that and prepped that and, and saw how I reacted to that. Uh, and so what do you think What do you think that you'll, in terms of that, that uh, downtime, do you think it's going to be smarter to – because, I mean, sit, sit, uh, so if we round it up, say seven kilometers, yeah. it's not a big distance. No. Do you think you're going to start – relatively slow just to save it or do you think you're gonna what do you, how do you think well you're i think it? what i thought i was going to do yesterday changed after today because this morning i went out with daryl to run the actual course yeah so the course is starts in a central location and does three loops and the course is nuts it loops back on itself okay. quite a wow. lot and so there's also over the seven k's there's 170 meters of climbing of course there is so because it's brim bank yeah and so brim bank can't do anything flat no so i went out there with daryl today and we ran the course once yeah. and we ran it yeah and that took about 36 minutes and then we went out and i said right these are the hills that i'm going to walk on the actual day. Oh, so we yep. walked those and ended up doing the course the second time in basically 40 minutes or so. Oh, so I know that the course is a 40-minute course for yeah. me with about a 20-minute walk. I And then the way the course is designed is that you can pretty much run it yep. at 5.30 pace, 5.15 pace mm. for the first four kilometres or so, and then there's a hill at the back that you have to walk. Well, I have to walk. It's just crazy. Yeah, right. Okay. And so in terms of that break yep what do you think what do you think how, how do you think you'll break that do you think you're just going to sit there do you think you're going to foam roll or do you think you're going to yeah so uh, I, i'm going to take like a chair and a yoga mat and a foam roller okay and i think my priority is going to be get back to the stop yeah sit down get some food into me yeah. like give myself as much time as possible to digest stuff yeah what's your nutrition like well so i've been reading a lot about i should stay you can't do an ultra marathon just yeah. on gels yeah no, stuff I, like I that. Can you need that. whole food yeah, so yeah lots yeah. of people are recommending apples yeah uh, baby potatoes yeah. vegetables you know fruit maybe like some uh, whole grain oatmeal something that's pre-made mm. or some rice pudding and stuff okay. like that but also having a balance of things because you're not always going to want sweet and you're not always going to want savory yeah uh and having it in a situation where you can give yourself enough time to digest it mm. but you also don't want to have like a heap of fiber yeah like, right yeah the, the beauty of it is that the way that the loop works is i will go past the start finish line three times each loop mm-hmm. so i'm never going to be more than six, seven minutes away from a toilet if nice. I need it. But you don't want to be stopping yeah, and losing be, time in yeah. the middle of a loop. You kind of like to, to finish the loop as possible. So I'll, I'll take that. My plan is just to take like a big 
esky, yep. filled with a whole bunch of stuff. And I think if it got to a point where I had to pull out of the race because I'd ran out of food, not because I was tired, but because I'd eaten everything that I'd brought with me, that's a pretty good situation. Yeah. It might also mean that I was eating way too much yeah, right. in between the breaks. But that's kind of my, the least of my feel. So I'm, I'm going to try and focus on whole foods, natural foods, try and stay away from processed stuff yeah. and wait until after the race to have some more you know, engineered type food. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And in terms of your training, do you think you're going to do, cause it starts at night. Starts at seven o'clock at night. Do you think you're going to do any sort of later night? Runs? Yeah. I'm, I've, I've got to two weeks to go. So what I'm going to do is I think this weekend I'll head out and one, maybe Friday night, I'll start running at seven o'clock yeah. and I'll run through to say midnight. Yeah. So I'll do another 35 Ks or so stop, 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 start on the Friday night. Yeah. Finish at midnight on Saturday morning. And then I think Saturday night, I'll wake up at midnight and I'll do five or six hours on the Sunday morning. Okay. And so I'll kind of then have done the, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll finish on Friday night, go to bed, sleep, wake up, do Saturday, go to bed early on Saturday night, sleep, wake up first thing Sunday morning, run. So it'll be, kind of be a bit of a broken weekend Jesus. for me. You do jet lag yourself. Well, I'm kind of going to have to simulate yeah. the, the experience. And the good thing is I'm playing basketball next Wednesday at like 10, 10, yeah. which is normally a problem for me because you play basketball, you finish at 11 o'clock, you don't get to sleep till 2 o'clock in the morning. Sure. That's a good thing That's a good for me thing. this time. Yeah. I actually want that yeah, two days out. Yeah, you get used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. So it's going to be a, uh, I don't think the actual running is going to be a, much of a problem unless I hurt myself or twist yep. my, an ankle or something. The course itself is paved, flat asphalt inside the actual park. But then when you head out of the park and up this hill, it is quite rocky. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned about how I'm going to go at three o'clock in the morning after having run for eight hours yeah. with a headlamp. So I'm going to bring trail shoes for that. And I'm going to have to sort of think about if I'm out there running for, I don't know, 12 hours, 15 hours, swapping shirts at some point, swapping socks. Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting. Like it's a whole level of organization and mental toughness and mental prep yeah. to think about. Uh, I'm a little, honestly, I'm packing myself right now. I'm a little scared about yeah. the whole thing, facing the whole prospect. What's and, intimidating? Yeah. And I'm just glad that I did a trial run this weekend. Mm. I'm glad that I got out and ran the actual course. It's that thing where it's like, oh, I just ran this race and I wish I could run this race again because I'd know so much if I had a chance to do that. And I, now you do. I'm really glad that I did the yeah, course and the practice this weekend so I can try and see what that's like. But I have no idea well, how I'm going to go yeah. in terms of expectations. Well, that's it. And it's, you know, it's, it's I mean, when I say, when we say mm. race day is unpredictable, this is really unpredictable because you just don't know. Yeah. But you do, I guess you're doing all the right things because, yeah. you know, you're training at weird hours, you're training long hours so do, are you gonna are you gonna what 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 kind of taper are you gonna do are you gonna taper? i don't think i'll taper no okay. honestly I, I don't i'll probably take like i won't run friday morning i'll probably take thursday and friday off yeah apart from starting to run an ultra marathon on the friday so probably wednesday morning will be my last run for the week and then okay. i'll take wednesday and thursday and friday off my normal sessions and then start running because you kind of flourish on longer training because i remember you said for the marathon you like to train over 40. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the psychological benefit of knowing that I can run the distance. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I also recover pretty well. Like 48 hours recovery for me is, is enormous. Well, how many kilometers are you averaging per week right now? Oh, I just got 
I did 97 Ks last week. I've been bouncing around 80 Ks yeah. the last 12 weeks or so. Pretty. So coming out of getting coming off the marathon in October, mm. getting through the Christmas period, yeah. I've been averaging. I'm on track to do 4,000 Ks again this year. You and guys, that's a 75 you, you, you can't see Zach right now, but the way that he's saying this, he's like saying it like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> you know, it's no big deal. But the rest of us are like, that's. That's crazy. That's crazy. As opposed to your face when you started talking about Elton John, which was an excited showgirl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I show my emotions. You're just like, yeah, I just did 80K today. No big deal. I, I, I like the long running. Like yeah. I, I find I've been sort of struggling at the start of the year because I really like doing two sessions a day. Yeah. I really got into the groove of doing a recovery session in the morning and then something a little bit more intense. So that's what you're doing now? No, I'm, I can't oh. do that at the moment. Oh, right. So because my, my schedule's all over the place mm. at the moment, my schedule's really unpredictable compared to how it was last year. How come? Uh, I've just tried to be a little bit less selfish. Uh, so I think last year I was really prioritizing going into Melbourne, yeah. my running, and now I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious of, so with scouts, yeah. so I'm helping out with the scouts, and yeah. so I'm trying to make sure that my nights are free for scouting activities, mm. and just trying to be around the house a little bit more okay. with the kids. My wife and kids probably don't notice it, but I'm trying. So well, I feel I mean, like I'm they trying. notice when you're not around. True. But then yes. when you are, they don't give you any credit for it. True. Give them credit. <laughs> they don't listen to this. Nobody else does either. This, yeah. You know. Although my eldest did subscribe. Did she? She was very interested by the episode we did with Simon about Strava, Strava. Okay. and social media pressure cool. and all that sort of stuff. How, and how old is she? She's 12. So she's starting to get she's into that social... She's starting to get into that peer group thing. So, yeah, yeah. okay. So she, that's a good episode for her to and listen she, to. And she was like, if I don't think Strava Dad and I think Instagram, I can kind of see what you're talking yeah. about. And I was like, this is a connection. It's absolutely... Number one dad. Absolutely. You're the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, do you know, it's fun. I was actually speaking about social media today with an actor, uh, actress friend of mine, and we were talking about that very thing, same yeah. thing, how social media is just so dangerous, yeah. uh, and it's just causing so many problems, mm. but we need it, you know, as, especially as actors, you're not going to get cast over the person who's got a presence online, mm. which sucks. And it's so much you can do yourself now, whereas beforehand you would have need a publicist, yeah, exactly. an agent and all that, you can actually self-promote yourself. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, okay, so you've got, okay, so... Two weeks, less than two weeks to go. Two weeks to 11 go. 11 days, I think it is. And so, what's after that? You've got... Uh, after after the Ultra, I've then got, I think, six weeks until the Brimbank 50K. Okay. okay. Wait, yeah. When's Oxfam? Oxfam's the 28th or 29th of March, and I'm not doing that. Oh. So, Daryl's doing that with okay. Simon. Why do I think you were doing that? Because I signed up for it. Okay. And because I had a... Daryl said, oh, we're going to do Oxfam. And Simon said, we're going to do Oxfam. And I said, yeah. that's a great idea. I really want to do it. I'm in. Yeah. And so I went and spoke to my wife. And my wife said, oh, that's also the weekend we were thinking about heading away with friends to Thailand. Friends. And I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. I said to Daryl, watch this. Yeah. I'll negotiate. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I would really like to do this Oxfam. So maybe we could arrange to do flights on the Sunday or at the very, very least, late on the Saturday or something like that, so that I could go do the Oxfam with my friends, yeah. starting on the Friday morning, finish on the Saturday morning, and then we fly to Thailand Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and so we're flying out on Thursday now. Because, <laughs> That's a good negotiation. Yeah, good and Daryl has banned me from doing any negotiations at all. Yeah, I think that yeah. that is definitely not – that was not good. No. That was not good. <laughs> okay, good good job. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to try and do Oxfam next year, okay. although next year it would be tough because I really – so it was funny. This podcast brings people together. Yes. 
I went home and spoke about the last podcast we did. And I said, oh, Andrew and I spoke for an hour and 45 minutes about what we did last year and what we want to do for this decade. And, oh, it's going to be great. Like, it's really, really long, so I'm not sure if people will listen to the whole thing. But if they're doing a long run or a car ride, it'll be Perfect. really, really good. Yeah. And she's like, are you going to tell me what you want to do next year? And I went, Ooh, ooh. probably should. Maybe listen to the podcast. We need the listeners. Subscribe. Five stars. <laughs> but I, I brought up Bravehearts. Yeah, right. And I said, I'm really interested in doing Bravehearts next year. And yeah. I was thinking if I do the seven marathons in seven days in seven states and we finish in Gold Coast with the Gold Coast Marathon, yeah. the family could come up and then we could stay up in Gold Coast for a week. Nice. We could go Because the kids have been wanting to go back to the theme parks yeah. and that sort of thing. And she said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Awesome. We'll not do our international Southeast Asia holiday next year. We'll yeah. we'll stay close to home and we'll do that. Cool. So, I, yeah, apart from having to fundraise $10,000 or whatever it is, no big deal. the hardest part is over, yeah. which I've got the family. You've got the family behind you because so, I knew you were worried about that. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're moving away from if I do Bravehearts next to year when? towards when I do Bravehearts next year. So, That's I think insane. we'll see how we go with the Melbourne leg in later this year July yeah July the Melbourne yeah. Lakes so I'll do that I really want to talk to the organizers then but that could be a big one for 2021 yeah mm. wow that's exciting oh I hope that because I really want to know oh, about what the training will be like for that I can't wait yeah you're I'm gonna love that petrified yeah I'm thinking like I'll have to run to work five times a week or something yeah I'm sure you will yeah I'm sure you will so okay so 50k coming up in six weeks 50k uh, coming up eight in weeks eight weeks eight 50k weeks. is to Brimbank Ultra so what are you going to do after the Brimbank Ultra how are you uh, sorry after the backyard how are you going to recover how are you going to take some time because well, that's a really really I mean it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's short but that is a short distance between two big races like that yeah I think the backyard ultra though I don't know how I'm going to pull up mm. it's I recovered really well after doing it yesterday yeah because, like, literally within a couple of hours, I felt normal. Yeah. Because you are running for 40 minutes, resting for 20 minutes, running for 40 minutes, resting for 20 minutes. I assume I'm going to need a bit of time off mm. afterwards, like like a week of recovery. Yeah. And then kind of just sort of ramp back up into it. So I'm not planning for a big recovery period, but it's my first time. It's an experiment. Mm. I can't find a lot of information online for people who have done backyard ultras. It's not like people who have... There's not hasn't been a lot of them. Yeah. So there's lots of people talking about their hundred k ultras and their hundreds hundred mm. miles and stuff like that. But the way that you sort of backyard ultra is a little bit differently. People are still kind of figuring it out. Yeah. So it'll be an experiment. We'll you, me, the listeners will figure it out together we'll and we'll out. see what mistakes I make. Yeah. Can't wait. Mm. That's gonna be exciting. I, I'm really interested to yeah. see how it's gonna go. Yeah. I reckon. I want to come. I want to come and be there for at least a little bit of it. I don't know that I'll, I'll last all night. But Daryl's saying he's going to come help me start. Yeah. So he's going to be there Friday night, seven p.m. And he said, and I'll be there till you finish, which either means he's in for the long haul or he doesn't think I'm going to go that long. I think that one. Yeah. I'm going to go and try and get maybe people to come to Brimbank Park Run the next day. Oh yeah. And that way, if people are there at eight o'clock, hopefully I'll still be going at that point. Yeah. And then. If I can go a couple of hours after that, I'd love to. I'd love to get a hundred k's. Yeah, hundred k's would be awesome. That's fifteen. That's fifteen hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That'd be cool. Because mm. uh, that would be your first hundred k. That'd be my first hundred k. Yeah. And I'd be really interested to talk to other people in the ultra running community to go. Does that count? Like, does a backyard ultra? Do you know what? I reckon it does because you know when you when you hear about all these really long races, there are times when people stop for that amount of time. Mm. You know, whether it be for sleep or whether it be for rest. Yeah, I think it. I think it counts because I know when they were in the Yu Yangs last year, Daryl and I went to a thirty k run in the Yu Yangs, and people were still running 
a hundred kilometer one and a hundred miler one at that point. Yeah. But the winners had just gone straight through. Yeah. The winners had done the hundred kilometers without stopping. Right. Whereas wow. other people had stopped for a period of time. So I don't know. I feel like it counts because you're you're it's not you're you're in the same event. Yeah. I mean you're not changing events. You're on the same course. Yeah. You're not gonna be sleeping for any longer than say twenty minutes. Well, oh yeah. Any longer than five minutes probably. I reckon ten minute power nap. Max. Yeah. If yeah. that. And you're in the same clothes yep. with the same gear that you brought. I reckon it counts. Okay. I reckon it counts. I'm going to have a Strava. If I, if I do it, I'm at least going to have a Strava thing that says 100. So you that's, yeah. you know, that counts. That's something. Will you pause your, will you pause your I'll, I'll stop at the end of each lap Bitch. and resume later. Cheater. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about battery life. Oh, that's a good point. Little things like how am I going to charge my Strava? How yeah. am I going to charge my, charge my Garmin? How yeah. am I going to charge my phone? Is there going to be power there? Like Daryl's talking about, should we bring beds? I'm like, what do you think we're doing in the break, mate? Like, I'm going to have 20 minutes. I'm going to want to refuel, not get up to any shenanigans. That was that was a weird. That's probably not what he meant. Now that I say it. That was, I, yeah. I yeah. feel like you should have thought about that before you said it. Okay. Out loud. Mm. Go back and try that again. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> we're close. Okay. <laughs> that's. I'm not going there. Okay. Well, you mm. know, that's interesting. Yeah, because you don't think about that stuff. Maybe I have a I have a spare Fitbit. Oh, you reckon swap it. If you need to. I, I think I'm going to get one of those little battery packs. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to experiment over the next two weeks or so with can yeah. I charge my Garmin off a battery pack. Like when I did the 35Ks on Sunday, five yep. hours elapsed. Yep. It only took 18% of my battery. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So but three all, of that, you should... Yeah, all these little things to think about. Food, yeah. nutrition, rest. Yeah. Yeah, and and will actually speaking of clothing before, will you bring a change? Like yeah, yeah. Change? I'll I'll probably swap. Like if it gets cold overnight, I'll probably swap to a long sleeve t shirt or something. Yeah. I'm thinking I'll have. I got real funny Sunday morning. You know, you ran in Rosebud. It wasn't cold. No. I stopped for five minutes, just sitting there doing nothing. I was getting cold. Yeah. So I'm really worried that if the temperature out in the middle of Brimbank is you know ten degrees or sub ten. I'm going to get cold, so I'm going to take like a sleeping bag to wrap up in yeah. in the middle of my stops and everything. So you know what are great? Those um, they hand them out. I've never seen them hand them out here for marathons, but in the states they give out those. They, they kind of look like these big uh, foil blankets. Oh, they're yeah. not made of foil. The space made... blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get one of those. Yeah, I think I've got one. When you do the ultras up in Bright, yeah, they make you carry one of those okay. in your backpack. You have to have mandatory race gear in case you get stuck out in the back of Bright. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, in subdue temperatures. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good thing to bring along. Yeah, yeah. They, they you know what they handed them out in Toronto. When See, I, yeah, well, North when America. I finished the Toronto marathon, they go. were handing them out. Did you get one? I didn't get one, no. but you know what else? The guy in Toronto knew my name as well, as I finished the course. Oh, there you go. He's, yeah. Okay. So, which is weird because I'm Australian and he's Canadian. So, how did he understand the language? I know. Yeah. It's very strange. Hmm. I, I, I don't understand Canadian. Yeah. It's a weird yeah. language. Hmm. Eh? <laughs> oh, no. I just lost Andy and Maria. <laughs> They'll be back. <laughs> They'll be back. They always come back. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, what, what else you got? What else is going on? Well, probably the other thing that happened today was, what are we, uh, Monday the 27th of January in Australia, but Sunday the 26th of January in America... We all woke up this morning yeah. and heard about the the death of Kobe Bryant, Very sad. his daughter, and seven other people in a helicopter crash in California. It was literally as Daryl and I pulled up to do our practice runs this morning in Brimbank. Yeah. He stopped the car, looked down at his phone, and he was like, oh, my goodness. 
And I looked at my watch, uh, my phone and my wife had messaged me to say this is happening. And we literally just probably sat there for five minutes or so. It's it's a shocker. It was, And then we walked down to the starting line at the Brimbank Cafe. This bloke sitting in the cafe there, he's wearing a Kobe 24 t-shirt. Oh, man. And we stopped and went, oh, wow. And he went, I know. I just threw this on this morning. And, and he I, hadn't. He, didn't he had know. no idea. Oh wow! He'd just thrown it on and he'd gone to the cafe wow. and then he'd been there and then his phone had buzzed and he went, "Oh wow, this is really really weird." Like this was within twenty minutes of it being released Jeez. on the news. So he was still processing it. Um, it was just bizarre. Yeah. Because I mean, Kobe, if you've been following basketball at all, he's been twenty years with the Lakers, yeah. eighteen-time All Star, five championships, MVP in regular season and finals, gold medalist. He's just been synonymous with the league for such a period of time. Really helped proliferate the expansion into Southeast Asia yeah. uh, and the popularity there. I mean, it's just absolutely enormous. And he was just a fearsome competitor. Like when we talk about mental strength and pushing through stuff, I mean, he ruptured his Achilles once. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in within about his 17th season. Went to push off to drive. The Achilles blew. He went, but he got fouled sure. on the plate. Yeah. He walked back out there with a ruptured Achilles oh, wow. to take both his free throws wow. and then walked off Wow! the court. Now, when I did my Achilles, I was crying. They were dragging me off me, leaving a slick of sweat behind. I was sucking on the green morphine whistle like it was anything. Yeah. Like, like a t- and this guy just walks off under his own power. And the you know to come back from that and get strong and some of the stuff that he's gone through is just absolutely amazing. And it's just – it's been – Really bizarre because I follow the NBA, seeing the outpouring of grief, seeing people yeah. react, seeing people who were, you know, 10 years old yeah. when he was, you know, new players in the, in the league who were 10 years old when he was at his peaks reacting to that. They've done a couple of really interesting things in some of the games because he wore number eight and then wore number 24. Yeah. And so what a lot of the games did at the start is they did the tip off and then the team that won the tip would stop and they'd take a 24 second shot clock violation for his number 24, and then the other team would get the ball and they'd take an eight-second backcourt violation for his other number. You're right. And so both teams would take a 24-second and an eight-second, 24 and eight is Kobe, yeah. and then the team that won the tip would get the ball and they'd sure. play basketball. And so a lot of the, the things did that, but it's just astonishing. Yeah. it's Yeah. It, you know, it seems like every two, three years there is some kind of celebrity uh, death yes. that it's just, it comes out of nowhere. Mm. And it's really, it's sad. And this one in particular, I mean, they're all sad, but I was speaking with my mother this morning about it. And she was like, you know, the thing that bothers me, I think about it the most was the the last seconds of of his life. He's there with his daughter, knowing that he could do nothing to help his daughter. That's, I know. That's I remember when, when, when the news broke and I was like, oh, geez, because I know that Kobe used to fly his helicopter to Lakers games. Mm. So he'd fly his helicopter there, had a private helipad, and then when he wanted to leave, he could just leave on the helicopter back to his house in LA and all that sort of stuff. And he flew with his family a lot. Mm. And when the news broke, the first thing I said to Daryl was, oh, geez, I hope his family wasn't on with it. And then to find out that his daughter was there, I think they were traveling to a basketball Basketball game game his daughter. And the other people, in, apart from the pilot, the other people were other players and parents from the team. But just just absolutely tragic the way it, it happened and it just it, it drives home that message that you just don't know what's gonna I mean he would have gotten up that morning thinking nothing of the day I mean yeah. 
I'm not saying that he didn't appreciate his days or anything, but I'm, I'm, what I mean is you just never know what the day is going to bring. So yeah. you've got to appreciate each and every day. You've got to appreciate the time with your parents, uh, with your with your loved ones, with your children, with your family, with your friends, because you just never know what that day is going to bring. Yeah. And, and he was he was. I mean, this was it, the timing is insane because this week was the anniversary of him scoring 81 points in a game wow. against the Toronto Raptors, which is the second highest total of all time. Okay. Yesterday, LeBron James passed him for third all-time on the NBA scoring list. Yeah. So all over, everywhere yesterday... Kind of like Kobe was, Bryant was, was in the news. Kobe Bryant was in the news. They were saying, isn't he, he was fantastic. He was amazing. What an accomplishment by LeBron. But LeBron was, of course, talking turning around saying, well, it's nothing. Kobe did it before me. So he was all over the news. His last tweet was him congratulating LeBron on passing him wow. uh, in the thing. And then within 12 hours later, they've gone up in this helicopter. It seems like fog was involved. Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard. And my, my mom actually spoke about uh, when John F. Kennedy Jr. Yes. Uh, was killed in that plane crash. She said maybe it had something to do with the radar and they didn't know because they haven't released many details about it yeah. yet. Because I'm assuming they don't really know. It could yet. take a year, they're saying, for the investigation. Yeah, because they've got to find all the. Yeah. Is the black box actually a thing on planes, or is that? No, uh, black boxes exist. I don't know if they would exist on this helicopter. Yeah, There'd right. be something like that. Yeah, so they they know what happened. Yeah. Uh, but they haven't released anybody else's names or anything. No, they haven't yet. released any of the other names. And I think that that's fair. That. I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, but, wow. It was it was shocking. I mean, he was the his workouts were legendary. From yeah. an athletic perspective, there's stories about uh, a new trainer came to the Lakers and said, oh, I'm, I'm going to help you, Kobe. Mm. And he remembers getting a call at like 11 o'clock at night, and it was Kobe saying, I want to get some shots in. Can we get down the gym? So yeah. He's like, all right, first week on the job. I, I better better get impressed. So he puts, takes his pajamas off, puts his stuff on, goes down to the gym with Kobe, and they work out from 11 o'clock at night until like 2 o'clock in the morning. And wow. Kobe says, thanks a lot for that. And the trainer goes home and says, man, we got a, a practice with the rest of the team at like 9 o'clock tomorrow. I'm going to be shattered. So he goes home, goes back to bed, wakes up the next day, gets dressed, goes back to the gym, walks into the gym with the rest of the team, and Kobe's there. And he's like, I can't believe that Kobe trained the night before and, he's the first and one then here. came in the first one here with the rest of the team. He doesn't have to. Yeah. And so he went up to Kobe and he said, oh, great workout, man. And then Kobe said, yeah, yeah. And he said, so what time did you get here? And he said, I never left. Oh, man. He just worked through the night. That's crazy. Just, and they're saying, like, when he was on the Olympic team with a lot of the younger generation, mm. that was where a lot of them took the step. Yeah. Because they saw his workout ethic. They saw how he was first in the gym, last to leave. Every season he added something to his game. And he was never comfortable to keep where he was at. Yeah. He was like, right, if I've perfected this, and he was a man who, for him, in the sport of basketball, he was perfecting stuff. Yeah. He was like, if I've perfected this and I can no longer grow at this thing I've perfected, what can I do? I can add something else. Sure. So like a conversation we had on Facebook with someone the other day where they were like, oh, I'm plateauing with my running. Yep. Add something else. Add some strength training. Yep. Add some yoga. You know, you, if you've mastered this thing, find something else. Kobe did that every season for 15, 16 years. Then he had an Achilles rupture came back from that. And he was doing Achilles rehab eight days after the surgery. Wow. Like I was told not to put weight on mine yeah. for 
three months until afterwards, he was picking up marbles with his toes to make sure that the muscles were working. Now, the difference for him is that he was also getting paid $40 million a year to play basketball. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was not. You have to kind of. Um, I tried to negotiate that as yeah. well, and that didn't work either. No, I, um, you know, you're tall enough. I am. Well, I'm not, actually. I'm freakishly tall. I'm not freakishly tall. This again? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, an absolutely tragic thing to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kobe wasn't without his controversy. Yeah. So it was obviously, yeah. and it's been really interesting to see in the media how that topic of what happened, I think, in Colorado in the early 2000s with the uh, alleged sexual assault mm. and then the settlement of that, uh, a lot of people have said, this is not the time to bring that up. No. A lot of other people have said, actually, in the interest of women feeling safe and being able to speak about this, there is always the time to bring yeah. this up. And so it's been a bit of a balance. It's kind of a gray, there. yeah. You just, there has to be a kind it's of... It's not something that we can not talk about, yeah. but it's also something that we don't want to make the focus of it when we're trying to remember him for his athletic pursuits. Right. But Kobe on the court was very different in For, some cases to Kobe off the court. And sure. that, that needs to be put out there in terms of balance. But, I mean, I, I found it really emotional watching some of the games and some of the tributes to him this morning. I mean, I've probably, I, over the last year or so, I'm trying to work out when have I cried. I cried at the end of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. yeah. Definitely cried then. Uh, I cried when Kipchoge broke the two hours. I cried when I watched a movie, a Netflix movie called Claws. Is that the Santa Claus That's the horror Santa film? Claus, no, it's not the Santa Claus horror film. It's a retelling of the Santa Claus legend, uh-huh. where it's like the Shawshank Redemption meets um, A Christmas Carol. Okay. I sobbed. Yeah, right. Like, you know, my youngest have to come hug me. Wow. Yeah, so okay. save that one for, for next year. And, yeah, I got a little bit emotional just watching. I was fine watching some of the stuff today until I saw other players crying. And then I was like, these are grown men who get paid $25, $30 million a year, and some of them are just destroyed. It's amazing how that works. Like, the celebrities that we don't know, but when they go, it's like, it can really affect... I mean, for me, when uh, Christopher Reeve died... Oh, yeah. That, you know, that was... But, you know, when somebody... When somebody that you pay attention to so much Mm. and inspires you so much goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kobe Bryant, 41. Wow. There you go. Mm. So our thoughts and prayers with uh, those close to him, if mm. you know, if you're listening, or yeah. those who uh, pay attention to his career and have been inspired by his actions on the court. Mm. Our thoughts and, and condolences mm. go out to you. Yeah. There you go. I'm sure he's got a book. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Something that you could read. Yeah. What else do we got? What else do we have? I think the only other thing we wanted to talk about was just. Remind everyone about the competition. Yes. Generation You Can. That's right. So, of course, those of you who follow the podcast know that Generation You Can is Breaking the Barriers sponsor, and that is the sports nutrition that I use. I must admit, I did use Generation You Can before my 10K yesterday. What did you take? I took the – I had the uh, Generation You Can snack bar. Yep. Uh, so the the snack bar I had about oh, about a half hour before race time, and it, it – it's really funny because it, I was talking about carbs, of course, with Isabel. with Isabel. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a big carb runner, but Generation You Can does use a super starch, which is a form of carbohydrate that helps you utilize fat mm. as fuel as well when you're running and it keeps you going. And I, I do believe that had I not had that Generation You Can bar, once my muscles started getting tingly and the lactic yep. acid started building up, I probably wouldn't have been able to push through. But because I had that little bit of energy in there mm. from that bar, I was able to keep going. And so that's what I had. I had the Generation You Can 
protein-enriched powder after the race for recovery, recovery yep. uh, which I, I sometimes use before long runs as well. Yep. And so, of course, Generation You Can is now offering a competition, well, is supplementing our competition. So the winners of this competition will receive either a sample pack or a, a box of Generation You Can snack bars. Yep. And so what you have to do to enter this competition. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Go on to social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, and tell us what you've learned in the last 18 months of Breaking the Barrier. Of the podcast. 67 episodes. 67 right episodes. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big deal. And that's not including the mini episodes. Yeah. So what have you learned from Breaking the Barrier? Tag Breaking the Barrier podcast. Hashtag Breaking the Barrier. And what you also have to do is follow Generation You Can Australia. So this is a, an Australian resident only competition. You have to follow Generation You Can Australia and tag them in the post as well for your chance to win either the sample pack or a box of Generation You Can snack bars. And we really want to know what you've learned because episode 75 is going to be all about what you've learned in this podcast. So that's only eight episodes away, and that's where we're going to announce the winner, episode yeah, 75. Correct. So, and, and you think that's eight weeks away. It might not be because we've been putting out two, three episodes a week. Yep. So get in quick so that we can have a chance to firstly learn what it is that you've liked about the episodes because if you like certain things, we can do more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but also get in there because we would, don't want to be sitting here waiting for episode 75 yeah. for three or four weeks yeah, and having no. to pump out mini episodes and not call them real episodes. That's it because if I only have one or two things – that's going to make for a really boring episode, and I'm going to have to talk really yeah. slow. And plus, we've got some great stuff to get to this year. I think we've got a list of about 20 things we want to yeah. do. So Each. <laughs> yeah, we realized when we did the last joint podcast together, we both had prepared an episode worth of content. Yeah. And so that turns out to be a really long episode. I so feel like we're heading there now. We'll try not to do that. Yeah, we'll try not to do another two-hour episode. Yeah. But yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff coming, and we, you know, we're ready to pump it out, really. So get, get those answers in. What have you learned from the Breaking the Barrier podcast? You know, get on Instagram, get on Facebook, follow, like Breaking the Barrier podcast, follow, like Generation UK in Australia, and let's let's see what you've done because I'm sure your friends and family would love to know what you're learning as well. And it's a great reminder about where you've come, where you'd like to go, and what you want to do. Fantastic. So with that, I think we'll draw the podcast to a close. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening, for Breaking the Barrier. I've been Zach Domogelski. And I've been Andrew Lorenzo. And this has been the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.